Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. There's a red moon rising on the Cuyahoga River, and it's rolling in to Cleveland to the lake. The Kansas City Chiefs will be playing the Cleveland Browns in Arrowhead next Sunday, 2.05 p.m. on CBS. The Cleveland Browns have broken their own streak of, of, of lack of playoff wins Good for them. It's a feel-good story. What a bizarre game, Maddie Lane. I, I'm i still focused on the Chiefs getting the worst time slot of all of next weekend. <laughs> I think that is the real travesty. That is what this entire podcast should be on how the Chiefs are on CBS, who will find some way to block me out of the first entire drive of the game, even though there's not a game before it like they do every <laughs> other week. Then they will have a poor broadcast in the middle of the day on a Sunday. I, I'm sorry, guys. That is where this podcast should go, but it won't. We enjoyed a fantastic weekend of super wild card playoff football. Craig, tell me your favorite part about the Nickelodeon broadcast. The slime. Everybody knows it's the slime. What they like that was that was pure joy. I I think honestly because I genuinely watched it because I've got a four year old and she was kind of attached to it for some reason doesn't care about football much at all but nate burleson was great ian eagle's kid was great and the <laughs> the slime in the end zone was fun like it was legitimately fun to watch what about my puns yeah well i i avoided ken's puns because they were ruining the game for me so i just kind of shut twitter off and got to really enjoy the game kent literally trained for this like you guys don't know that <laughs> but we sat here in a zoom call and he was practicing for weeks when he knew this was going to happen i was pulling together obscure quotes from the wild thornberries and just having them ready i didn't even find a good opportunity to use them you should see the drafts they're just they're they're prime but uh we'll we might talk a little bit about that Bears game. Probably not. There's, that's probably all we need to say about it. But we probably need to just talk a little bit about Steelers-Browns. We have found out the Chiefs opponent. It took the last game of the weekend to determine who the Kansas City Chiefs would be playing in the first round of the playoffs. Like Maddie said, they got the worst time slot. That probably means that the, they believe that the Chiefs will probably succeed. I think they're probably right. Handily. But let's talk about this game because it was it was bizarre to say the least. The game starts off, the very first snap of the game is a snap over the head of Ben Roethlisberger. And the Browns are able to come up and, and recover that. And then, shortly after, an interception by Ben Roethlisberger that kind of just, things just unraveled from there. The, Bra the Browns got all the way up to 28 nothing in the first quarter, Maddie. Nothing went right for the Steelers. Everything went right for the Browns, but to their credit, they capitalized. 
I mean, you say surprising, but I say not really. Like, if you ask me how the Steelers were going to lose in the playoffs, I would tell you it's because Big Ben is bad at football and because Mike Tomlin has been a very poor game manager for much of his career. And I think those two things just were too much for everybody else for the Steelers to overcome. I do think it was a very, I mean, obviously it was a very bad start for the Steelers. That offense is not built to overcome that quickly. The Browns, you could tell, had a ton of energy to start the game, especially with their running back. So and they jumped out to that early lead, and it just felt like the Steelers had to have every single play go their way if they were ever going to mount a comeback. And then, lo and behold, came the fourth and one near midfield in which Tomlin decided Mm. to wave the white flag, apparently after bringing it to a two-score game at that point in time. Yeah, I just, it was baffling to me like I, there were a lot of baffling punt decisions the this weekend and that was the most egregious you're down like you're down multiple scores it's fourth and one from midfield and you line up your punt team to try and hard count and get the opposition's punt team. run the ball you have a man that can't throw the ball, which is why I picked the Browns. Like, literally can't throw the ball at all. Have him lean forward for a yard. he That's what he's good for <laughs> right now. I mean, oh my goodness. Just an egregious mishandling of a lot of stuff. Yes, the Browns capitalized, but honestly, this game got close, and it didn't need to be close. Like, that's, that's the part that I think that everybody should hang on here. The Browns had 390 yards of offense. In a game where you score 48 points, that doesn't seem like a ton. In a game where you score 48 points. Honestly, okay, so I don't know if this is the time to just jump right into all this because we've got a lot of time to get there. But I think this is like my my overall perception of this game. Nothing about this game makes me afraid of the Cleveland Browns. Absolutely nothing about this game makes me afraid of the Cleveland Browns. I think the the game got out of hand quick, and the I mean the Browns just kind of held on for the remainder of the game. Obviously, they they ran the football with some success. I mean, I'm not going to act like they didn't. I think they averaged you know roughly four yards a carry. Uh, Breaker Mayfield didn't turn the ball over. Uh, but and they converted in the red zone and they converted in short yarded situations. So like uh, short yard situations and and in short fields. So like they did a lot of good things, but their their defense is bad, guys. I mean this this defense is bad and obviously they play in a little bit short handed and Denzel Ward will be back. But Maddie, like nothing about this team really scares me after watching this game. I mean the Browns were probably the number two team that I would have liked to face in the playoffs besides the Colts. So yeah, I'm not scared either. I do think it is worth mentioning their head coach wasn't on the sideline. They had some guys in the offensive line that either got hurt or were missing for this game. So that may make a difference. But in reality, I think you kind of saw the full Browns experience. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they can make fantastic plays for you. You need to shut down Jarvis Landry as a receiver. And besides that, like that's about it. Like Those are the three guys that are going to do everything. Baker Mayfield is a vessel to move the ball to an open player, whether it's handing it off to a running back or throwing it to a wide open Jarvis Landry. That's really about it. This offense, I don't think just the offense will not be able to score enough points to keep up with the Chiefs or the Bills. I'm sorry. I this is very important. And when I when I jump in, it, it typically is worth it. Baker Mayfield on the offensive line situation tonight, because yes, they were shorthanded. 
Michael Dunn got hurt, and a guy named Blake, who I literally introduced myself to before the game, stepped up in the fourth quarter. He didn't even know the left guard. You know, I think the acting coach was saying the same thing, that he was meeting these guys for the first time because they didn't get a practice this week. So I do think it is worth saying that without a head coach, with some injuries on the offensive line, this offensive performance could be a little bit lesser than what they are capable of. But at the same time, it's a run-first team that relies almost purely on play-action passing to be effective. I don't think that's the recipe for success to beat the Chiefs when they are playing well, and we have to assume that they're going to. Yeah, I mean, obviously that all swings in the balance. But if this Chiefs team is playing to what they should, they should just absolutely dominate this team. The, The Browns' best attribute is running the ball behind an excellent offensive line with two really good running backs. You know, the best way to stop that from happening, scoring points and making the opposition have to throw to try and score quickly. They will abandon the run, like in a hurry. So if Patrick Mahomes gets the opportunity to throw on a bad secondary, a pass rush that has been hurting since Olivier Vernon went out. It's really just Miles Garrett, who is now going to be exhausted because Ben Roethlisberger threw 68 times. 84 plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers today. It's crazy. He's going. That defense is going to be exhausted, and then you're going to say, go cover Tyreek Hill. Go cover Travis Kelsey. Like, good luck with all of that I think the Chiefs are going to score in bunches and I think that while the Browns if they got up would be in a good spot to try and kill off some of this clock I think that they're going to have to abandon the run a little bit more that's really where they're most dangerous Baker Mayfield will make mistakes that receiving core is certainly lesser than some of the other ones that the Chiefs have seen we'll break all this down in much greater detail coming up this week but guys I'm not terribly afraid of what this Browns offense can do after watching this. I mean, they put up 48 points, but it was a not super impressive 48 points. Um, I, yeah, I, this is kind of just how like I, I look at the mistakes that the Pittsburgh Steelers made. I think they made a lot of unforced errors. The interceptions that were made some tips at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Okay. A couple decent plays on the ball, but the one to see only Taki Taki was awful. Oh. It was just yeah. an awful decision from Ben Roethlisberger. I think this team, you know, I think this game could have could have couple plays different. This thing could have been a little bit more interesting if if it didn't get out of hand so quickly. But even then, you saw in the middle of the game, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers started putting a little pressure on the on the Browns a little bit, and uh, that was kind of interesting to watch to see how they react. This was a you know this this is a Browns team that's coming off of two emotional wins. You have their, their, you know, getting to the playoffs last week against the Steelers' backups, barely. And then you have today an emotional game. They get out in front. They have to sweat it out for 60 minutes, well, 56 minutes. And, you know, they get a big playoff win on the road. Um, and I, I mean, it's a, it's a big stepping stone for them. But I just – I have a hard time – finding a, a, a reason for this team to come in and beat this football team, Maddie. Yeah, I mean, like Craig said, I think we're going to get into the full breakdown later in the week, but I mean, like you guys have said here, there shouldn't be too much of a fear resounding with Chiefs fans with this Browns team. 
if you were scared about like this matchup because of the ability for the Browns to run the ball, like I highly suggest going back to last year and watching the Chiefs and the Titans in the championship round of the playoffs because you're getting a very similar team only with a much, much, much worse defense this year. Like that's your barometer that you have to gauge this on right now. It's just, I understand that on paper, the matchup of the Browns being able to run the football looks scary. They do have the pass rusher in Miles Garrett, but like Craig said, he might be a little tired at the end of this week because he played a lot of snaps. They don't have a ton of guys around him to help rush the passer with Olivier Vernon being hurt. Like, this isn't a scary matchup once the game actually starts for the Chiefs. I think as long as the Chiefs don't fall down 28-0 in the first quarter by a, quite a few fluky plays, I think they're going to be in a really good spot to challenge this Browns team to try to actually just drop back and throw the football, which isn't going to be their strength. Yeah, uh, don't turn the ball over. I mean, that's realistically what it is. Don't turn the ball over play smart enough defense because that Steelers defense is also not good and this Brown this Browns team was making them look not good so I think just don't turn the ball over play decent defense do what you've done all throughout the season if you're the Chiefs and I think that this one is in the Chiefs favor but again we'll break down individual matchups and stuff like that later I wonder if Steve Nelson thinks this is the best team he's been on no cap still just just curious. All right, we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about the rest of the AFC results this week and a little bit about Bills-Ravens right after this. Chiefs-Browns in Arrowhead Sunday, 2.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The Chiefs are already, boys, listed 9.5-point favorites in some places. I think that's fine. I think that sounds about right, frankly. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the Bills and the Colts. Let's talk a little bit about the Titans and the Ravens. Guys, nothing. I'll just first off, the one thing I kind of just my takeaway from this weekend, watching the Browns, watching the, you know, the Titans, or watching the Ravens and the Bills, I'm sorry. None I nothing about what I saw this weekend scares me about the Chiefs' path to the AFC. I want the path of least resistance at any given time. Believe like that's I don't, I don't want the moral victories or whatever on the way to a Super Bowl victory. I want it to be as easy as possible for my team to win a Super Bowl. I literally, I do not care if they go up against backup quarterbacks the rest of the way through. I, I really don't care. Just win the ring. That's all I care about. But nothing about, and, but nothing about this, this weekend really scared me. Let's start with Titans-Ravens again. That happened on Sunday. It was a close game. Maddie kind of alluded to it. The like one of the worst punting decisions of the entire weekend, Maddie. Yeah, I mean this one goes right up. There. I still think Mike Tomlin's was worse, but Mike Rabel deciding to punt was a uh, also a head scratcher towards the end of this game. And he thought that his defense could get a stop or something. I don't know what the logic was there, but. I think in this game, you still saw much of what you expect out of the Baltimore Ravens, who ended up winning the game 20-13 to over the Tennessee Titans. The Baltimore Ravens go on to play the Buffalo Bills. I believe that is the primetime night game on Saturday. And you saw Lamar Jackson in the first half incredibly struggling to try to throw the football. Most of the throwings in the second half didn't look much better. It was just a wide-open guys. But what the Ravens were able to figure out in the second half was calling designed QB runs kind of works in the NFL because most teams don't really know how to stop it. And now the Ravens are going up. They're going to go up against a Bills defense that's not very good. I think that does make the Ravens team kind of dangerous. They have a 
feisty, aggressive defense that could cause some problems up there in Buffalo. So you have this fast, aggressive defense with a offense that's kind of figuring out if they don't try to throw the ball, they function because they have a running back playing quarterback, and they might have a chance. Like, they could go out there, give the Bills a little bit of a game, and I would love to see whoever wins this game. I would love to see their defense on the field for 80-plus plays, too, because I'm with Kent. I don't care about moral victories. I am more than happy to play the lowest seeds that are the most tired players in the entire league on the way to the second Super Bowl. Knock down, drag out fights with a bunch of one-week injuries. We don't hope for serious injuries. Just just one-week things that cause... That's what these guys are saying right now. No, I... That uh, Titans-Ravens game was uh, was a definitely back-and-forth game, one of the closer ones that we've seen this weekend. I felt it was a pretty decent game, but neither one of those teams was really executing at a high level. I mean, Derrick Henry couldn't get anything going, and the Titans offense really suffered for it. The only things that they really had going for him in a big way was chucking it up to A.J. Brown, who is a monster and, you know, came down with some awesome stuff. Lamar had to take some things into his own hands that worked out for him. So I do think that that Ravens team is still a little bit spicy. I I still wouldn't have been worried about them if they were playing the Chiefs this weekend. But I do like that the Chiefs are getting this Browns team that, again, lost to the Jets three weeks ago. Instead of that Ravens team that's a little saltier and may be able to hang with them a little bit better. I think the Steelers, we got blown out by the Buffalo Bills. Oh my goodness, yes. And so, you know, I, I think I think the Baltimore Ravens, they're a team that, I look, I'm going to be confident in the Chiefs winning against anyone left in on either side. Like, that's, that's, this isn't what I'm going to say, but like, going back to the path of least resistance... A Ravens-Bills path is that's tougher than Browns and one of the two that that get in a dogfight next week between the two of them. I'd rather them come out of that dogfight and the Chiefs are just coming off the Browns in a double-digit victory. That is, I look at, but here's the thing about the Ravens and the reason I didn't want to play the Ravens in this in the the divisionalist or preferred is because I do believe in this. I believe in the talent level of that football team. I think there's a high ceiling to that football team that you've got some stars. You've got some playmakers on both sides of the ball. You've got Lamar who is, you know, we, you know, this team, if you let Lamar run, if you control the game script, if you control the clock, you know, Lamar can make you pay. And that's some, that's something I was a little bit concerned about. Um, and now they don't have to worry about playing them. And they're going to have to go play a Bills team that really, for being the hottest team in football, and everybody was fawning over, they really looked pretty human against a bad Colts team, Matty. Yeah, I don't think the Bills are overly impressive. I think Josh Allen played a quality football game, and I think that's why the Bills are still. And I mean, they're the number two seed in the AFC, so it makes sense. It's kind of a Captain Obvious move here, but they're the most dangerous team to the Chiefs in the AFC because they have the one quarterback in the AFC that probably can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. They have a good set of weapons. They have an offensive line that's playing well enough. You could see the Bills coming in and scoring you know, 30 points while the Chiefs score 31 points. You could see Josh Allen throwing for three, four touchdowns while Patrick Mahomes does the same because they've been that good on offense this year. 
But their defense is a bad defense. Their defense doesn't seem like it's particularly situationally good. The Colts' game plan wasn't too uh, secret. It was pretty bland. It was pretty obvious. And Phillip Rivers is just out there throwing YOLO balls up like he always does. And the Bills weren't really sure how to stop it. So their defense looks anything but scary. You know what their offense can do. So it's just, yeah, I, nobody's scary. No team out there. The Bills did not look like the most dangerous team entering the playoffs like you would expect them to based on the media narrative. Yeah, and the Bills lost, appeared to have lost Zach Moss. Uh, he was carted off in this game. He's kind of been a little bit of their bell cow guy down the stretch here, although they were running a lot more read option with Josh Allen. I'll tell you what. If the Bills want to run more read option against a Steve Spagnuolo defense, we've seen how he's handled that. They do really, really well because the read option requires you to be very assignment sound, and they've got a lot of assignment sound guys on that defensive line. They take away a lot of stuff. That's why they've had so much success against the Lamar Jacksons of the world. So if they want to operate out of that, maybe lean on that a little bit more out of that offense, that's going to be wonderful. Like that, that plays into the Chiefs' hands. But again, like Maddie said, the the defense did not look good. They do have Tre'Davious White, but Jordan Poyer did not look particularly great. I mean, that that linebacking core was just fine. The pass rush wasn't really there too terribly much. So, I I am not terrified of the team that we saw on Sunday, even though we know that they're a little bit better than that team. I don't think we're overconfident or just taking any of these guys for granted, like any of these games for granted. Like, I hope that doesn't come off that we're just, you know, whatever. But what I do think is, I think knowing what this football team has done in the last 12 months, knowing, you know, who their quarterback is and what he's proven in a short amount of time, you got to feel good about the landscape of the AFC. You got to feel good about the landscape of the, of the, rest of the playoffs, frankly. The Chiefs are 4-0 against teams that are in the division. Division rounds. They have been up by at least 13 points uh, in every game that they've played against a divisional opponent. They won by an average of 7.25 points. And on the AFC side, they've won by an average of like over double digits. I'm trying to do the math in my head. They beat the they beat the Bills by nine and they beat the uh, Ravens by fourteen, and that fourteen is like a cosmetic fourteen if we're being honest because they beat the brakes off the Ravens. Well, and yet it's not. No, I I want to reiterate here too. It's not a overly confident thing or like that the Chiefs are just going to walk through all these opponents. It's just that none of them are positioned as a scary team to the Chiefs because. I don't think the way the Bills are the only team I think that align well with a team that will beat the Chiefs. You don't beat the Chiefs by running the football and playing good defense. Their offense is simply too good for that. You have to have an offense that can keep pace. That's what we've seen when the Chiefs play, you know, when they go out and try, when they play close games, it's against good offenses that can also score points on them. That's the only reason the Bills were kind of the maybe the one that can be that team, but they are it's the playoffs. Playoffs are different than the regular season. The pressure's on. Game prep is entirely different. How people coach and play is different. And from what we've seen from the Bills in the playoffs, they look like a good team, but not a scary team. The Bills are a two-and-a-half-point favorite in the game against the Ravens. They will be playing on Saturday night, 7-15 on NBC. I'm going to ask you guys to pick the game real quick. 
Maddie, Bills, Ravens, who you got? Bills cover the spread and win. I'm going to go Ravens. I, I think they're going to be salty. I think they'll slip by them. I'm going Bills, but I don't feel good about it. But what I am hoping for is just a knockdown drag out game. I, I hope this is just a bloodbath. I hope both teams just, I think, I think they're exhausted at the end. Wouldn't hate an overtime, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't stink at all. Mm, but I am going to go with the Bills. Double overtime. Double, double overtime. overtime. Why not? Let's just, let's just, let's just, let's just, for, I, hey, look, I don't care. Who cares? I don't, no one's going to, no, just win. Just win a Super Bowl. Whatever, I don't care. I don't care if Craig's playing quarterback for the Bills in the AFC Championship game. Oh, I kind of do. want, kind of want to. I don't see want. It. I don't want Frank Clark breathing down my. No, thank Yo, you. Just get the ball out quick. No, that's all I gotta say. All right, final thoughts, boys. What you thinking? What you got? What, just any thought in your head on this playoff? Any thought in your head on the Chiefs? Anything? Go, Maddie. I, I think it's gonna be a whole lot of fun to watch the Chiefs trot out there versus the Browns next week. And we are going to talk a lot about the individual matchups during the week. So I'm not getting too far on myself here. But I do want to say, it's going to be fun to watch the Chiefs focus all of their attention on stopping Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb because Legereus Sneed is may end up with Jarvis Landry locking Ooh. him down for the entire game because that's the entire Browns passing attack. Oh my goodness, he's not wrong. Even though they got some decent tight ends, he's not wrong there. I, If you're a Chiefs fan and you're sitting here right now panicked about the team that you're going up against, guys, don't be. Stop. You're coming off of a Super Bowl win with an arguably worse team. This defense is pulling more of its own, and we know this offense can play even better than we've seen it play. Patrick Mahomes has heard for the past two weeks how the Chiefs are going to get upset, how this is going to happen, how he's tied for a second-team All-Pro slot and the you know arguably second, third-best player in the world here. They're coming out like a house on fire, and the Cleveland defense isn't good enough to hang with that. This Chiefs team is going to click on all cylinders for four quarters because there's no reason to hold anything back, to ease up on anything. We are going to see more complete performances, and you don't got to be scared because, like we said last year, there are no jinxes, there are no curses, they're already all broken, you got the best player in the world. Quit being scared. You got Patrick Mahomes. I, uh, yeah, I just, I think, <laughs> I cannot wait to see what this what's the, what this version of the playoff Chiefs looks like. Because we've talked about this. They flex their muscles for 30 minutes. They look awesome. And then it looks like they're bored. I honestly, like, I genuinely wonder if this team's been bored for stretches of the season. And they, we've seen them get out ahead of all these good football teams by a lot of points. Like double digits on four teams of the eight remaining. The Chiefs have been up by double digits on and won games against all against four of them. They're undefeated. That's wild. That's just a wild thought. I think you're gonna see I think you're gonna see Andy Reid with the A-plus game scripts the rest of the way out, and I think you're going to see Patrick LeVon Mahomes go scorched earth because they've given him enough to to sit on and think about. 
All right, that is going to do it for the AP Laboratory Wild Card Reaction. Thank you all so much for listening. The uh, we'll, we'll be back with the mailbag as we normally are on Wednesday. We'll catch you later.